Imagine having the life of your dreams. Not temporary cash and glory, but happiness and inner peace. Explore new ways to be a creator and take your own journey into greatness. Is it possible? What does it take to make that happen? It takes the person known for extreme results. He's called the cage breaker and the ultimate catalyst. Coming back from the brink of death and now crushing it for himself and his clients, this is your Ultimate Life Podcast with Kellen Flukiger. Hello and welcome today to Your Ultimate Life, the podcast dedicated solely and completely to helping you achieve a life of purpose, prosperity, and joy by using your life experience, your gifts, and the skills that you have. I'm grateful to have a special guest today, and I'm going to make sure I say this name right. Don't even help me. Giannakovo. There you go. Yep. Yeah. Well, when you have a name like Kellen Fluky, or you pay attention to that stuff. Jeff Giannakovo, welcome to the show, Jeff. Hey, thank you. You know, us folks with uh, more than seven, eight letters in the last name, we got to stick together. You know, <laughs> the Smiths and the Joneses of the world can't have it. Uh, they, they have all the E's. We have to have E's, so we band together. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So I'm going to start uh, our conversation. I'm not going to give a big introduction for you about it at all. I'm going to let your wonderfulness, your coolness and everything unfold as we go along. So my first question, and I urge you to just be expansive and, and not even worry about anything, bragging or whatever. But I'm going to ask you, how is it that Jeff chooses to add good to the world? Mm. You know, for me, uh, when I see something that needs improvement and I'm connected to it, I will doggedly fight for it to to see it happen. So one of those things um, is for young people in high school as they're looking ahead at what their career might be is uh, make sure they get on the right start. And that start for some is the answer is always college. And I don't, I don't agree that college is always the answer. I believe there's, you know, jobs and careers after school, there's military service after school, uh, there's skills and career learning centers after school that might be a one, two or three year program. And of course there's college. And so I'm very passionate about that because my oldest boy uh, really struggled with high school to the point of the pressure of it made him suicidal. And, you know, I like to hunt, I like the sports shoot, and uh, it was so severe despite keeping all my firearms trigger locked and locked in a safe, so two times protection, because um, our house is the cool house where all the teenagers come over. Sometimes uh, teenagers do sometimes teenagers do dumb things, right? Yeah. And especially, especially when they enunciate and share that they're feeling suicidal. Uh, so all that stuff left the house, and all of that came to a head because of the pressure that he was facing in the traditional classroom. Our school uh, really wasn't keen on letting 10th graders go to career center or Votech as us older folks call it. And uh, we had to fight to get him in a year early and it, it saved his life. Uh, I have no doubt because it was rough, 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 rough. And so today, fast forward four years, um, working very closely with our local school. I just had a great phone call this week with um, someone in the EOS world to bring a great curriculum into career centers for the business management entrepreneurship classes because they don't really have a good certification right now. They need one. They need one that's connected to real world use. And so 
I'm starting to make some waves. I'm on the Education Foundation now, and uh, so I'll fight hard for something that I see needs to be improved uh, for the benefit of others. So that's fabulous. I love the story. I love the fact that you did it. It's not a surprise when your own family's involved, if your heart is where it needs to be, and yours obviously is. Can you tell me, you'll fight hard for something that you see needs to be done. You know, a person like you, me, any of us, could go fight for something for one of our kids or someone that's close to us and then call it good. It sounds to me like your work goes beyond that. So I want to know what is it in your heart about who you are that says, I'm going to fight for important things beyond that. It's this is who I choose to be. What's going on in that heart of yours that makes you want to be who you are in that way? Yeah, I mean it's a it's a loaded uh, loaded question, and we can start to unpack it at this point, I guess. Go for it. You know, for me, yeah, for me as a kid, uh, age seven to twelve, I was violently sexually abused as a kid, uh, family friend, um, and there's a, a part in my book where I talk about when I thought the abuser would almost be fought or found out. Um, the uh, fam- our family and their family, and I believe another family was together around the holidays. And this person was was just pestering his daughter. And uh, his wife says, is, "Is he molesting you?" And I'm I'm like, as a this had to have been nine ten. I, I'm like, there's air under me. There's a weight off. Like these, the words have finally been said out loud because I could never say it. And it was said in front of six adults and other kids that are older than me that would be able to understand the gravity of that language. And then nothing was done. And when I really look back on that time, that moment, those words, you know, a thing that gets me hot and motivated, now that might be positively or negatively, is when words don't meet actions. Um, Because those were, I mean, those are heavy words. Is he molesting? Well, they are, but did did you answer when, yeah. What did you say? No, it wasn't me. It wasn't, it it wasn't in reference to me. It was my abuser's daughter that he was just bugging, pestering, you know, you kind of poke somebody in the shoulder or in the side, right? And just, you're just doing it to kind of annoy them. Yeah. uh, So she said no then or? Well, it just kind of was a passing statement, a passing thing. Oh, but for you, it was like the weight of the world because that was in the air. It was lifted in that split second. And, you know, that whole ride home, it's right on the tip of my tongue. Like, hey, when she said that, uh, this is happening to me. And I just, it just couldn't, it was like right here, right here in the throat, just couldn't come out. And then, man, this this went on for a few more years. We moved from Canada to the states. You know, his family he he felt it important to make a couple of trips to Pennsylvania for family vacation, which meant more abuse. Uh, and then finally, it ended as I became a teen. And um, but then, teen life was rough, and young adult life was rough. And I've come only come to this journey the last really eighteen months of sharing this out loud like this, being in this gap talking about it, uh, what I like to call, you know, 
I feel I'm I'm living as an example of courage. Well, you are. So let me just insert as an observer of a lot of people. I have a show. I talked to a lot of people. Told you your episode eight hundred and thirty nine. So I've talked to a few folks, and I've been on four or five hundred shows myself. And you are an example of courage. You are living in a place where you have made a decision that regardless of anybody's stigma or thoughts or feelings around it, you're going to have the difficult discussion. You're going to talk about things that happen to you that are painful, that are difficult, and not wait until it's 15 years in the past, but in the process of your own growth and healing. So that is a breathing example of courage. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. You know, sometimes folks like us, we, you know, yourself, myself, others on your show, other hosts that you've been on, you know, it's nice to have that uh, confirmation. So thank you. You are 100% welcome. So what uh, you said 10 years were rough. And the first thing that like shot through my mind was, well, of course they were. You just had this happen. Did anyone get found out or anything happen or did it just stop because you got a little too old? Uh, it, he got found out. Yes. Um, okay. I just wondered and, what stopped yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, what stopped it was, uh, moving from a child into puberty and a teenager. That's ultimately, yeah. you know, reflecting back, understanding some of the history with other, other kids. Uh, that's what, that's what it was ultimately. Cause there could have been more trips to Pennsylvania from, from where they lived, right? Sure. Um, but uh, uh, my belief of, you know, in this, you know, we could talk about faith a little bit if you want. Um, so my belief, my faith in God says, and I got this from one of my mentors, Lisa Marie Platsky, a year ago at her event. It's, it's actually so funny. Um that people are hearing this show on the date they are, because it's the date that really confirmed in 23 that um, I need to be on this journey. And so here we are a full year later, um, another affirmation. But my, so Lisa Marie has a statement that God will do no harm. And for people who've lost a child to cancer at six, you know, uh, maybe their wife and children were killed in a car accident. That is a heavy, heavy statement. I can't possibly, I can't possibly answer that statement or rectify it for them, but I can for myself. And I look at it this way. So when you said, was he found out? Was there something out? Were there others? Yeah, there were others. And there were two other young men that killed themselves because of it. And so my belief and that God will do no harm is there was a recognition in me that I'd be here today, maybe later than wanted, but still here now, standing in this gap and, and having the courage to talk about this, those strong shoulders to, to bear this weight and ultimately uh, help others heal. That's my belief. Uh, then I will accept it as stated and won't take any issue with that at all. I don't think God creates problems and negative stuff just to see what we'll do. I think we create enough of that on our own. And the no yes. harm is he's there to help us get through it if we want to, to 
give us the escape, the understanding, the right people in the right way. You know, you being in that place a year ago or in January of this year, you know, where this thing, not only did you hear it, but it landed on your soul in a way that mattered and made a change and resonated and woke up and said, hey, this is me. There's a thing here now. And it matters. So good. Good for you on that. Um, What have you found the most helpful? Now, some people are going to say, okay, childhood sexual abuse over multiple years is is a terrible thing. And there are other kinds of things that for other people feel difficult and hard. Oh, I'm so glad you're bringing this up. Because it's not the same, right? It's not. And But what but I want to know... It's not a contest. No, it isn't. And what are the yeah. things that you would share, maybe from your experience that might also help other people, no matter what the name or shape of their struggle is. A brother who died of a drug overdose. I interviewed a mom who had beautiful two-parent home, two sons that went through horrific drug abuse, hospitalizations, attempted suicides and everything. No apparent reason. So what are some of the things that let you make a choice to spread those shoulders, stand in the gap and be that example that other people might be able to hear and figure out how they work, how it works for them. Yeah. Yeah. So you prefaced it. I normally preface it in the, in my times when I share my story uh, at some point. And it's that I don't want people to weigh. If we're all scattered out on the highway of trauma, it's not one person raising their hand saying, I got the worst. It's your thing and it's framed you. And I would say this, as a person, you have a right to recapture that part of your soul that was taken, right? So for me, mm-hmm. somewhere in Tavistock, Ontario, before we moved to the town we moved to where I ended up being abused, there's a little boy who rides his BMX bike who's very good at it, who walks to school with his uh, friend Jackie, uh, sometimes hand in hand, carrying his lunchbox and his backpack just loving life plays with his black steel Tonka truck in the backyard and the wooden barn that his grandfather made to put his tractors in. And I say it that way because I hope people listening heard and began to draw some mental pictures. There is that there's a soul you had before whatever was put in front of you. And if you think about that and get that picture in mind, to me, it helps you begin to heal. It helps you begin to recognize that person you were, that chunk that got taken away, that hole that might exist. And as you're leading people, and it's it's why it's a big theme in my book, you need to create time and space for these exercises for your people because they're not getting it anywhere else. They've got a clash at work, then they got a clash at home, and they butt heads all the time. And you know, we have to take care of each other. And I think that's the biggest charge leaders have is to level up their humans. And what's more human than helping their soul be right, helping their soul repair and heal. I love that visual imagery of recapturing that and the description of the truck and the barn and everything was fabulous. You've made reference several times to a book and you've also referenced earlier in the chat we had beforehand about one of the reasons, or maybe the main reason, you have embarked on this journey of courage is the hole in your own chest, which is part of that recapturing of mm-hmm. all of that. Can you talk about both the book 
the whole and your mission. Yeah, I mean, listen, I don't I don't stand here literally on the show. I, I stand at my podcast studio. Um, but uh, I don't stand here as a completely embodied person who's got it all figured out. I think anybody that would tell you that is is not being fair. They're not being fair to themselves. And they're certainly not being fair to those who listen and look up to them. Um, yeah, that hole in my chest exists. And I just hope that every moment I get to share my story and, and how I feel I can help others and help others heal just kind of makes it a little smaller each time, you know, and what that day looks like when it's repaired. I don't know, but I'll be looking forward to it and I'm working towards it by having this time with you. So I appreciate being here with you. Um, you know, in the book, the book's really focused about that space that leaders need to create and give people uh, opportunity be that person. Here's here's another really real life example. So in our community where we live now, uh, the day before Thanksgiving here in the U.S., there was uh, a fight at school and I was able to get the Snapchat video. One boy pulls out a knife on the other boy. Now, I don't know that family. Um, I know I know the teenager, but I don't know the family. But let's imagine good parents doing their thing, providing for their kids. Like like you said, the mom with the two sons that, you know, two-parent home, they're, they're just drug addicted. Where do we go wrong? What was their weekend like, Thanksgiving weekend? They just wanted to celebrate with family. Instead, they got cops. They got to find an attorney. Their kids expelled from school. What happens Monday morning when those parents go back to work? Are you the kind of leader that has given trust to your people where they could come to you privately and say, hey, I have to talk with you about something. And I'm a little embarrassed by it. I'm still shocked. I'm still hurt. But I want you to know I'm going to need a little time off. I probably have to go to lawyer meetings and court hearings and um, my work might suffer a little bit. But I just want you to know, are you that kind of leader where that conversation would automatically happen where they come to you first before you realize well this this email was wrong they they messed up this inventory they shipped the wrong thing whatever are you that kind of leader where they'll come to you first to me that's the that's probably one of the biggest charges i think we could have for ourselves as leaders to create space like that i just i couldn't agree more and I want to I want to give me the opportunity to extend your definition uh, because I think it's so good because as leaders, we lead everything and lead ourselves. And you framed it in the context of being your leader at work, which is perfect. Yeah. And you have that opportunity at church and in your community and everywhere else to be the person that is allowing for the truth of our lives, which means every person's full of hardship and struggle and are you that kind of leader what a fabulous question so thank you for that yeah yeah you're welcome i want you to hold your book up there behind you oh yes please hold that up so everybody get a chance to see it uh what does it say the something of the oh space for the leadership space. Yep, i space love for it leadership all right yep. so thank you for writing it thank you for encouraging people to be that leader you know, in the old days of old management style, there was the idea that being that kind of person would somehow make your 
performance as a leader or your place in the organization suffer, and the truth yeah. is the opposite, you will yeah. develop your people better. They will follow you off a cliff. You know, they will do what needs to be done. If you be a human being as a leader instead of something else. So I love that you're raising that also. Yeah. I mean, I employ people in one of the businesses I have. Some of my proudest moments are around the people that have moved on, you know, helping, helping one family who, you know, was on the verge of bankruptcy when the husband started with us 10 years later, left as our operations manager, living their best life in upstate New York now. Like I'm proud to have been a part of that. I'm proud. Another gentleman, uh, he's Catholic, so they have kids all the time. And it was like every year he's with us, they're having a kid. And uh, <laughs> it just reached a point for our small company where as a retail business, you know, evenings and weekends with, I think, six kids, it was the final count, um, just wasn't just wasn't a fit. And we get it. So he he came to us and said, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to need to find something different. How do we make that happen where it's easy for you and I can make a transition and I can get out there in the workforce with a with a you know improved resume? And so we had that happen. We made that happen. Things like that are some of my proudest moments. You know, the business we do, the customers we have, the reviews we get, that's table stakes, man, for a good business. Like that's what you should have. That's not what you get to hang your hat on. It's when you level up the humans that come into your world, that's what makes me proud. I'm, I'm going to be that stuff. All good. Day. Level up the humans that come to your business. The listeners, I want you to tattoo that on your forehead. Level up the humans that come to your business, whether they work for you, whether they're your customers, like they're not yeah. transactional and they're not just money in your cash register. They're people who have a story, who have a situation and for whatever they're in your business and they need some piece of whatever you've yeah. got to sell. And if your goal is to serve, to level up their lives, with whatever you have, then you're doing something worthwhile. I love that. Thank you for that uh, piece of wisdom. What is that uh, big ticket life thing over your left shoulder? Tell us about that. Yeah. So the big ticket life, that's my podcast show. Um, and so I've evolved my show away from the business, the consulting, the methodologies that I see a business owner should have, which is really when I boil it down, like I want people to be the investor in their own business, Right make investor-like actions, like as though you've got a board. The business is paying you. It can run without you. You can you know, go chase uh, nice weather in the winter and your business doesn't fall apart. Um, really, a big ticket life as a business is about business consulting. And it's cool. Uh, I do well, but I just didn't feel fulfilled, uh, obviously, for all the stuff we shared. And so I'm working to fill that that you know that hole in my heart and and tell my story and be that example of courage now. So the show is going to remain. We're going to still call it the Big Ticket Life. It's just the conversations around what is a big ticket life is going to shift. Healing, impact, courage, leveling up the humans around us. I, I love that, and I I couldn't agree more. And you know this show is called Your Ultimate Life, and it is centered around purpose, which is the stuff you've been talking about prosperity and i use that word instead of cash because of its expansive meaning purpose mm -hmm. prosperity like and joy and so i call the ultimate life uh, having a life of purpose prosperity and joy that you create by serving with your gifts and life experience which is exactly what you're doing so yeah. tell me what uh, you've told a story 
You haven't talked a lot about the processes you've used for healing. So could you share with us some of the things that you do, did and do for healing besides sharing the story, standing in the gap? What other things? Where do people go to look for healing from their own struggles, whatever they are? Yeah, I think the biggest, I, I like to ask questions. I think starting a day, uh, it's actually in one of the productivity journals that I've authored. Uh, it's what's the big question for the day? And maybe it's around work, maybe it's around a relationship, maybe it's around yourself. But I think the biggest, bestest, bestest if that's a word, <laughs> the <laughs> best matter. question I've asked of myself is, okay, this awfulness happened to me. What was the purpose? Why is it for me? What's meant to be from this? Because if we go all the way back near the beginning about God doing no harm, then there has to be a reason because that is harm. But it isn't it wasn't the end. It could have been. There was a pattern of it, but it wasn't the end for me. And so the answer I came to from that question of why, you know, why, you know, we all say, why me? Maybe shift it to what's the purpose for me? Yeah, it's tough. And I don't mean to minimize that by saying, yeah, it's tough. But I think there's faith and levity and being able to be a little more free in your mind when you say, okay, what's this purpose? And then you can think about that and continue to ask yourself. You can ask yourself that question for days and days and weeks and weeks. You don't have to ask a different question every day. But for me, that answer was, I'm going to stand in this gap, talk about it, share it, because I could have been that third kid that killed himself. I mean, we're talking, you talk about that family with the two sons. I mean, I grew up in a farm town, man. I mean, this stuff shouldn't have happened there. You'd never think about it. You know, probably like 800 people, small. And that was the town we drove to for groceries. Where <laughs> I lived. Right. Where I lived. Yeah, where I lived is like an hour-long bus ride to get to school. Um, so you it just you would think it doesn't happen, but yet here in my life, we move to that town and then we move away from that town, and then it continues to happen. And then as as that as all these young men in that universe age up, some of them end it. My purpose was to be that that stop to be that person that could stand up and and just stop that that uh stop the the evilness i guess it is and i and i love it and i'm just so grateful for you doing that i want you to talk for a minute about um you've done several things so you've helped you helped businesses before uh your your big ticket life was principally initially focused on business and growth and things and now it's focused not on only that but on a broader way so it's a bigger ticket life you know right. your big ticket life has now become a bigger ticket life exactly. as you've described yeah. it for me so yeah. so what do you want do, do you have like goals of any kind for this bigger ticket life as you through the greatness of your heart reach out to stand in the gap to help people be able to talk about those difficult things to know that there's hope there's a light there's a possibility it doesn't have to ruin you you don't have to lay down and die 
What are your, yeah. you're, you're sharing it here and I'm grateful for that. What are your own objectives about this? You know, yeah, this I mean, journey's right. 18 months old next year and the year beyond. Sorry, I kept talking. Go on. Yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, for me, it's it's really be on stages, be on platforms, sharing this story. Uh, uh, my dreams to bring some music into it. You know, um, I played guitar as a kid. Uh, I stopped doing that because of everything going on. Uh, I want to get that back. Um, and I want to be like a little sing song presentation because music creates an energy that's unlike anything else, right? There's a vibration there that allows for connection. And so uh, I've already written some songs. I got those written down, um, you know, singer songwriter kind of stuff, maybe a little more country influence to it than anything. If I had to pick a genre, but you know, just something that is, has ease to it. If you're going to set something like that up, that doesn't exclude an opportunity because I can you know, microphone, two microphones and guitar, I can be anywhere, right? And uh, I want to be on those stages because I know in those audiences, just statistically speaking, 25% of the female audience and and about uh, a third of the uh, male audience is going to have some sort of abuse like mine in their past. And whether they've, you know, whether they've dealt with it, accepted it, wherever they are in that journey, it existed. And maybe it's manifesting in a negative way. If I can help that healing and impact, that's what I want to do. I just am exploding with excitement. I'm a musician. I've owned a recording studio for 40 years, blah, 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 blah. And so when you say you want to bring music into it, I get all excited and warm and fuzzy. Good for you. Yeah. Have you got, I can't wait. Um, uh, I'm going to ask you when you get stuff out on Spotify or Amazon or whatever, make sure you tell me, I want to know. Right now, uh -huh. I want you to tell everybody everywhere they can find you. Uh, where they can can they find your book? What's your website? What's your socials? If you do that, yep. so they can follow you, find you, get a hold of you, and take courage from your courage. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I make it easy because I don't have an easy last name, uh, and I do a lot of things. So maybe you connected, or you, you heard something about retail, and I can talk with you about that stuff. Uh, you heard about the book, you heard about my show, uh, make it easy. Go to the And it's kind of like a choose your own adventure novel, whatever you, however you connected with me today, whatever, like raised your ears up, or, uh, you know, perked you up a little bit. Uh, there's a way to connect that way. So the uh, go there. If you want to just get the book, you're like, that's what I want right away. The slash book, uh, whole page. You can buy it on there. You can get an autograph copy. Or you can just buy one right on Amazon. TheJeffG.com. So you have a wealth of experience. You're a pillar, showing up as a pillar of courage, making a choice not to be. When I, when I think about those kind of events, I think, you know, they can either ruin us or refine us. And when you describe the do no harm thing, sometimes to start with, and maybe even for years or decades, it feels like it ruins us until yeah. we have the faith and you know, you said something about faith, and we don't shy away from that here at all, to allow it to refine us. And that's yeah. what you're describing here. What didn't I ask you? What do you want to say to leave with our listeners in terms of hope, ideas, thoughts, uh, yeah. to, to leave them with something? Yeah, on that topic of faith. So another question I asked myself a while back, which allowed the last 18 months to come through is like, is there really something out there? 
And, you know, is it reasonable to have faith and have belief in a higher power? And where I arrived is if you, is that, yes, there is. And if we feel it's all just coincidental, it's all just happening. There's really no reason why one person succeeds has nothing to do with anything. It just happens. Why one person fails or one person's happy and one person's not. I, I feel that that's not really a fun life to live at all. There's no joy in that. Because if it's all just coincidental, it means you have no agency. You have no control. And I feel when we have faith, we're actually given a ton of control um, because there's almost a guidebook that corresponds with it. And, you know, a lot of people take issue with religion. A lot of people take issue with the Bible, uh, the Quran, the, you know, I'm speaking Abrahamic religions now. But I've also shared with a lot of people that, you know, Christian faith is the only one that's updated itself via the New Testament that's brought it to the people and removed the priests and the temples and all that stuff, where you can just have that direct belief on your own and that direct connection. And that's that's where I guess I would go. Like, you can have faith in that direct connection on your own and just sit with that faith for as long as you need and then share it out if you want to. But it can just be you and the faith. That's what I would end with. Thank you. And thank you for that. And faith is absolutely welcome on this place. I've had a number of extraordinary experiences in my own life that reinforce that. Jeff, I want to thank you for sharing your heart, for being with us today, for helping people understand their opportunity and possibility. Thank you. You're welcome. And I want to honor you, too, for the work that you do, for the courage that you have, for inviting people to not allow their events to ruin them, but to refine them. So thank you again. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. It was really a joy to be here. Love the conversation. Great to be on your show. Thank you. Well, listeners, I want you to go back and listen a couple of times and check at least one or two, at least, of these places out that Jeff has given you to not, yes, to hear about his story, but learning about somebody else's story is very interesting. The point is to ask yourself those questions, to sit with your own feelings of faith. You know you felt those nudges. You know you have felt them, and maybe you've ignored them like I did for a long time. But say yes. Lean in and take the tools and the encouragement that we got here today and that you can find from all your own places to create your ultimate life. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope that you take it deeply into your heart and decide for yourself how you can create anything you desire. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback and topic suggestions. Until tomorrow, this is Your Ultimate Life with host Kellen Flukiger. Stand with your heart in the sky and your feet.